everyone. Welcome to Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias. My guest today is Melissa Medvin. Welcome. Thank you. She's actually my sister-in-law, you would say. Not in-law. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah I guess it is I in-law. I refer to you as my brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Whenever people say, who are you going to visit? I'm my sister and brother-in-law. So she's here in Eugene visiting from Scottsdale, Arizona where um, she's done a, a bunch of different work, but a lot of it has uh, been advocacy work, social work. Um, and I know home, homelessness in this area is kind of a big issue, and uh, that's part of what you're doing now in the schools. Is that right? Um, working with youth that are uh, coming from homes that are, or maybe no homes. Right. So... Uh I work for Scottsdale Unified School District currently as their McKinney-Vento liaison, which, you know, we can parse that out if you want, but... Uh, yeah, tell us in, what McKinney-Vento means. Or. Okay, well, back in the, uh, the Clinton era, there was uh, a congressional act passed um, to protect um, and support the rights of people who are experiencing homelessness, and the... Uh, the Congressional Act has morphed over the years. It's been part of No Child Left Behind in the school setting. It goes beyond schools, but in the school setting, it's now part of every student succeeds and every school district is required by law to designate um, a person, and they call us a liaison to... um, um, support the students who are experiencing homelessness. And so, do you work with the students directly? Okay, so I, I want to go back actually and explain what homelessness is under McKinney Vento. Okay, because there's you know it, there's a perception homeless. You know, we've I've been all around Eugene in the last weekend and seen all the the encampments and the tents and people um, who are obviously without a home. But in the school setting, um, we define homelessness um, as students who lack fixed, adequate, and regular housing. Mm. And so it might be that students are doubled up with relatives and they have to sleep on a couch or on the floor or something, that would qualify them. Um, There are students that might not have adequate plumbing in their house, and so that could qualify them. And then any student who um, is living in any kind of transitional setting, um, shelter, or even a, a hotel, I have lots of kids in extended stay hotels, um, they also qualify for services. So to go back to your question, do I work directly with them? Yes, I, you know, I, um, I have to investigate their living situation through conversation with um, adults in their, their lives. And then once um, they qualify, then I make sure that they have um, clothing, uh, they get Food, they get free breakfast and lunch, um, their school supplies, after school care if it's needed. 
And what are some of the stressors? I mean, what uh, obviously those those are all key items to have, but uh, how would you say their home situation affects their their uh, experience in the schools? Yeah, so probably the biggest um, thing that is um, helpful to these students is that um, the kids are allowed to stay once I qualify them. First of all, they get to enroll. If they qualify, they can enroll immediately. So I have students who come without um, birth certificates or proof of vaccination or, you know, any of the regular paperwork. So, you know, that allows them to get registered immediately, um, which removes that barrier. So my whole job is remove barriers to their education. Right. Um, And then the other piece is that they are allowed to stay in their school of origin um, for the remainder of the school year. So there's two ways we define a school setting. Um, Kids who are attending a school of residence, so your neighborhood school within your boundaries, your school of origin is probably where where you were attending when your homelessness happened. Uh If you have to move... So I have kids who have had to move from Scottsdale. They were attending our schools. They had to move to Mesa. Mm -hmm. By law, we are required to provide them transportation so they can remain in their school of origin because um, school stability is super important. So going back to your question, like what's, you know, a stressor? We don't want kids having to move from school to school to school to school, develop new, you know, relationships and routines and understandings and, you know, curriculum. But if they actually did move and it was a long trip, wouldn't they sometimes want to be in in a new school? (laughs) You must run across that. One would think. And uh, there's, I do have to have a lot of hard conversations with uh, adults who are advocating for their child to remain in you know, the school in Scottsdale, even though it is an hour on a bus yeah. to get them back. And we, you know, is it in the child's best interest? We have a whole, I have a whole sheet about the a best interest determination. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it's the parents who get to decide. So if they believe it's in their child's best interest, then uh, we have to follow. That. So I'm sure like any job, it has its wins and losses like where you feel totally rewarded and totally frustrated um i don't know can you touch on some moments or some things about your job that uh about working with this population Mm -hmm. that yeah that totally rewarding or that that are like yeah total frustration i mean both ends of the spectrum yeah sure so uh the, the first one, the totally rewarding, is top of mind, super easy for me to answer because, um, you know, in August when the U.S. left Afghanistan, um, a lot of Afghans uh, came to the United States and are now in our country as in a category of refugee status. And the International Rescue Committee, one of the resettlement agencies, has uh, over a thousand families in my area, and they just placed about uh, well, it's four a four hundred person hotel in my school district. 
Um, and so going back to how you qualify for McKinney Vento, if you're in a hotel, you automatically qualify. If you come without documentation, which these people just left, they don't have transcripts and birth certificates and all of that. So I just uh, finished registering 118 Afghan refugees to be attending school in my school district. Um, Some of them have been going now for about three weeks, and tomorrow, Tuesday, um, the last about 12 are going to be starting. So they're so excited. A lot of them, even in Afghanistan, even if they're, you know, 10, 12 years old, have never been in school before. A lot of the girls, um, even if they did get to attend school, eighth grade was would be absolutely the highest grade. So to be able to um, afford them the opportunity to go to high school, um, wow! It's been a, it's been a totally amazing uh, experience. And did you say are they actually all living in the, the same hotel? Are they put up in like they found? In a, yeah. yeah, it was. It's a former like Homewood Suites. So you know the they have little kitchenettes, but the the organization provides them um, with all of their meals and their housing and you know there's laundry on site and this is a temporary living situation until they get permanent housing and what about English they probably don't speak English <laughs> a lot of them uh, do not speak any English um, there's a few main language Dari is the one main language that I've run across Pashtun um, some Farsi, Farsi and Dari, I guess, are, are very related. Um, are there separate then, classes, though? I mean, is, is there money for, for them to learn, um, to have a special education about English? Well, uh, you know, every school district, uh, all the schools are also required, um, depending on the population, to have, um, and the state, that English is an ELD, yeah. um, English Language Development, English Language Learners. It has all sorts of acronyms, depending on where you are. But yes, all, you know, most of these students are qualifying as emergent English language learners. Um, and so, uh, you know, part of their day is um, pull out programs to uh, support their their language skills. So that's your, a rewarding thing to be able to help <laughs> place those guys. And uh, what about the other end of that spectrum? Oh, uh, I think we'd go back to the uh, transportation piece um, and the frustration that I have. I had, um, you know, a little boy this year that uh, was in third grade and his mom insisted that he stay at the school and it literally was over an hour each day and he had to go to an after school program. This kid was like in transit for like 11 hours a day. And then his teachers were reporting that he's sleeping in class and he wasn't learning. And I, it took a lot of conversation and probably about, I, we had a, you know, a Zoom meeting with the with the mom. There were probably, you know, ten people from uh, my school district, the school district where he is currently living, to advocate that she place him in the neighborhood school. And so, yeah, you know, that's really frustrating. 
Um, I don't know how qualified you feel to speak about this, but that just to dial out of the, the bigger problem of homelessness, you said you're, you're here in Eugene and you, you see, you've seen the, some tents. What about where you live in Arizona where it's warm? Are, are they not camped out there in places? Oh, yeah, they, they're definitely camped out, and uh, the cities are struggling to figure out services. Um, Tempe, um, I give them a lot of credit. They actually uh, purchased, I think, two hotels recently. Um, City of Phoenix is um, building different supports for them, but there's absolutely not enough support, and there's not enough affordable housing. Right now... Um, so aside from the, the 118 Afghan students, um, I have um, about 130 um, other students um, on my caseload, and we're in February. So last year, the end of May, I had just, I had just under 150. So I already have 130 Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only February. So the problem, you know, just from my numbers is growing. It's growing. And are you, do you work alone or are there other staff? Or do you have people that you can, you consult with about, <laughs> about the issues that you're, you're facing? So, well, like I said, every, um, every school district, every, um, every learning community has to have somebody like me so yeah we have a a state um coordinator so i will call on sylvia occasionally mm-hmm. um and then you know we'll we'll have monthly meetings so there's a couple hundred of us in arizona and then um ironically enough an old friend from eugene hmm. who now lives in bend you know sandy uh-huh um Sandy is doing the same job that I'm doing for the Bend School District. And so, you know, there are people all over the country. There's a um, uh, an organization based in uh, North Carolina, the National Council of Homeless Education of Youth, NACI and something like that, Mm -hmm. that uh, um, they provide webinars and educational things and resources and um, for all of us. For, yeah, and then within the school district, I mean, I, I work with the social workers, I work with the um, school counselors and administration, and of course, my my friends in transportation. <laughs> right. And <clears throat> and do you have thoughts on bigger solutions? You said you know that the, the city of Tempe is doing doing trying to create some housing. Um, how do you how how do we address <laughs> this problem? I know it's a big issue. It's you know. Uh, way bigger than my pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I obviously have my political opinions right. on it, but, uh, you know, it, it is a much broader issue in the political uh-huh. realm of equity. And that, you know, my whole uh, career has been based on equity in education. Um, so I, you know, this is my newest form of uh, fighting for for that. <laughs> I know before this you were an anti defamation league. Is that right, ADL? Right, I was doing anti bias education work in the schools them. as well. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They uh-huh. had a um, a big program that uh, was started. Ooh, 
I want to say out of their Philadelphia office, but I, I could be misspeaking or misremembering that, but it's called No Place for Hate. Mm. And uh, that filtered, maybe it was Connecticut, and that uh, was brought, uh, I brought that to Arizona. And so it's super fulfilling to see. The other day I saw somebody in the schools wearing a little button that said, no place for hate. So I know, I know that program is alive and well, uh, well in what, Arizona. What, um, what's, what were there some of the issues that, that you faced in that, in that area? That was, I mean... Is it in that, especially in in, uh, uh, in the well, Phoenix so when, area? Yeah, when I when I was uh, in that position, um, the LGBTQ rights were um, being suppressed, and so we fought hard to you know on those on those issues, um, you know. And now, and it, it's still it's still part of the conversation, uh-huh. um, but I, I would say that that was. Um, one of the the biggest issues. Um, racial mix in uh, in your area, I guess, there's a lot of, a lot of Hispanic, but you have there is an Afri- African American population there too. There is. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, you know, people think of of Scottsdale, and you know, you watch the the Phoenix Open on television, or any you know of the the Super Bowl or any of the big sporting events, and they you know show picturesque uh, area, and maybe not a whole lot of diversity um, that's being shown on the television because of you know who's able to afford to go to to these events. Um, but yeah, Arizona and Scottsdale um, uh, has a lot more diversity than than, than uh, people can see on the surface. Yeah. Um, back to these kids you're dealing with. Well, obviously, Af- the Afghans you would probably have a hard time having a conversation with. But um, are you? Um, I mean, do you develop relationships with with some of the the people, or is it kind of like? Do they come to you with problems? I mean, how who come who initiates the like contact? But you know, in in the day to day. Yeah. Well, so I have an office on uh, one of the school sites um, that, and the reason why that office is at that school site is because it's um, in the south part of the district, and the southern part of the district is the predominance of um, the the McKinney-Vento students. And so um, I'm able to, um, you know, go out and, and I'll visit kids during during lunch and uh, I go into some classrooms. And I have a background as well in uh, social-emotional learning. And so I can go do some mini lessons in their rooms to d- maintain relationships with kids and... and uh, yeah. be out there. And then, you know, um, I have people all through the district that will call me and tell me, you know, this kid needs something or, um, and well, it's, it's figure, figure it out. <laughs> it's obviously an intense problem in our culture today. So I'm glad you're on the front line there trying to do something, help these uh, kids and families. Um, any other thing? I know you're, you've had a weekend here impre- of, uh, <laughs> Eugene impressions, and including what's on the street, but also just overall, um, I don't know, impressions here of uh, 
since this is going to oh, be Oh, Eugene first. is, is uh, close to my heart. And, uh, you That's know, right. You went to school here for I did, a while. I did go to school here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Janice has lived here since, uh, what, 1981, Something I think. Something along those lines, yeah. Um, and, yeah, to see the, to see the city grow um, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> but maintain uh maintain its uh hippie vibe is yeah, it's been it's been fun. Doing a lot of walking and uh seeing different parts of the town today. We were down um in that pond area by the Willamette River and then the different the different ponds. Yeah, wetland that, area. Well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a beautiful city. Happy to be here. I hope that uh, you guys are able to figure out uh, your homeless yeah. situation because it's it, it's very uh, visual here. Thank you for spending a little bit of time. My guest has been Melissa Medvin. Flancer. Fro- Flancer. All the way from Happy Scottsdale. Chile. And um, talking about the homeless problem, she works with, with kids in the school district uh, there. And uh, Thanks for visiting. Thank you for having me. That was Melissa Medvin talking about some of the issues of homeless in the schools and, and refugees in the schools. Thanks for all you do. Leave you with a couple of tunes here. Reminding us how blessed we are, those of us that have homes.
Somebody cry, why, why, why? Somebody sing. Somebody sing, hello, hello, hello. Somebody sing. Somebody cry, why, why, why? Somebody sing. Hit your mind up. Hit your mind up. Yes, I know, I know. Hit your mind up. Hit your mind up. Thanks again for listening to Train of Thought. Remember everybody, be kind, and we'll see you down the tracks. My name's Rob Tobias. Till next time. Train of Thought can be heard on KEPW 97.3 in Eugene. It's also posted on SoundCloud.com slash Rob Tobias. For comments and suggestions, email Rob at RobTobias.com. Mm-hmm.